Hey guys, this is Tina Recklage, and you're listening to the Grow and Go podcast, the show about growing, challenging, and encouraging each other to dig deeper than the social norms. Let's grow and go together. Welcome to another episode of the Grow and Go podcast with your host, Tanner. Uh, man, that was the most monotone intro I think I've ever started with, but <laughs> we're just going to roll with it. Uh, hey, guys, welcome back to season two, another episode of season two. And as you can see, this title is called Fake Fans. And man, it's going to be a heavy one. Um, I feel like I've been saying that for most episodes, but I feel like this one's going to be really heavy. <laughs> but um, this is it. We're, I don't even want to like give you a little context of what we're going to talk about. I just want to jump right into the embarrassing story of the week and then we'll, we'll go from there. Okay. So this happened, I want to say like seven years ago. Okay. Very, (laughs) very, uh, very specific, but seven years ago, uh, four and four months ago, just kidding. But we, so this was around the time that I started learning how to play uh, guitar. Now, if you don't know, I, I, I play a little bit of music. I, I used to do worship, uh, at my church youth group. Um, and I'm currently in the process of writing music right now. Um, that's literally none of this matters, but I love music. I've always wanted to be a musician. Like as a kid, as a kid, I always thought I was going to go to Berkeley, uh, study music. I always thought that I was going to be a rock star have my own label, you know, produce music, whatever, all the, the big shebang, right? I thought I was going to do all of it. Turns out that's not what I want to do. And it's now, now it's just a hobby. But seven years ago when I was picking up a guitar and learning how to play, you know, at that point I already knew how to sing, which that is embarrassing story of itself. I don't know if I've talked about that one or not, but maybe I have, I don't remember. But, uh, basically I peed my pants first time I sung in front of a crowd. But anyway, uh, we're not going to talk about that one. We're going to talk about this one where I borrowed my my then girl. I think it was, yeah, my then girlfriend's guitar. And so I was like, and so she, her dad got her this cool little like um, this acoustic guitar thing. It was like a classical guitar. And I, that was around the time that I started wanting to learn how to play. So I was like, hey, babe. Uh, can I borrow your guitar? Cause I know you don't know how to play. I know that your dad got this for you when you were a kid, but Hey, can I borrow it, learn how to play until I get my own? So that way I can serenade you with my own guitar one day. <clears throat> of course she was like, Oh my gosh, babe. Yes, do it. And so I was like, awesome. So she let me borrow her guitar. And I remember just like months, I like was learning songs on YouTube, uh, by ear. I was just learning. I was learning how to play Wonderwall. Um, <laughs> and and I was just learning all these songs because I was I wanted to learn how to play. And so I learned what a G shape is, D shape, E, you know, all the all the above. And so and I was really, really thankful. I don't I don't really want to like like overstep that or like, you know, underappreciate the fact that she let me borrow her guitar while I didn't have one. Like I was super thankful for that, right? There was never a second where I didn't I was not thankful for that. So there came a time where I was, there was a day where I was just reorganizing my room, right? I was, it was one of those days where like you just randomly decide I'm going to switch my whole room around. And so (laughs) I was doing that 
I was moving my bed. I was moving some different things. I moved my little keyboard set, um, you know, my desk, whatever. I was moving stuff, and I decided I'm like, okay, I'm gonna keep the guitar in a safe place. And so I laid it on the end of my bed. And so I'm I'm moving stuff around. I eventually get things. And right in front of my bed is my keyboard stand because I used to play keyboard slash piano, whatever. But I was moving it and I was making sure I was like leveling it with the mirrors in front. And I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. And right behind me is the end of my bed. And so I sit down and I break the guitar in half. And that moment of fear... <laughs> lives with me today like it was the moment where you heard the and you're just like oh no and so then i like step up real quick i look down that guitar is just broken in half like if you don't know what a guitar is like the long part where all the strings are that part was just snapped from the base of it it was bad like the strings were all the strings were everywhere at that point everything was just screwed up like it was bad like it looked it looked awful so I'm like, oh no, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? So I get up, I grab the two pieces of the guitar and I'm like, oh gosh. And it's in those moments where like, I don't start crying because like I'm emotional or whatever. It's because I'm overwhelmed. And so like my face gets really hot. Like you start sweating a ton, uh, like su- sweating and sweating in places you didn't know you could sweat. Right. Like I was, I was freaking out. And so I like, my first instinct was like, my mom has Gorilla Glue upstairs. And so I put the guitar down. I run upstairs. I grab that Gorilla Glue. I come down and I I try I try his best. I try my best and it wasn't good. Like I glued that sucker like in places that wasn't even broken because of how nervous I was. And I was trying so hard to make sure that this little break wasn't noticeable. And so I super glued it. I left it overnight. I I put it in a special place where I wasn't going to sit on it. And I put it in a special place and I let it sit. And the next morning, pick it up. Still broken. Like, it wasn't broken in half, but I tried playing. It sounded awful. Like, there was something wrong with it. So, it came to the point where I had to go and tell my ex-girlfriend. So, I went over to her house. I'm like, hey, babe, um, can we talk? Which is never a good sign, by the way. Um... And I'm like, hey, can we talk for a second? So she's like, yeah, of course. And so we sat down on on the couch and I'm like, hey, um, I broke your guitar. She's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. Um, she's like, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? And I'm like, and I didn't want to tell her. I'm like, I sat on it. And she's like, what? <laughs> Disbelief all over her face, right? But. It, and, and to say that that was embarrassing, the fact that I broke a guitar while sitting on it, I, I literally put my butt on this guitar and broke it in half. Like, nothing more embarrassing than that. Like, I get, like, you're doing, like, an insane guitar solo and you take it and raise it above your head and just smash it in the ground like a rock star. But, like, no, that was not me. I freaking sat on it, okay? So, long story short, that was very embarrassing. But long story short, I eventually just kept that guitar and I eventually found one on like Google or on Facebook market or whatever. Facebook, like where the part of Facebook, nobody uses <laughs> where you find a bunch of random stuff that's for sale. And I found a used guitar and I bought it and I gave it to her and said, I'm sorry. Uh, we broke up shortly after just kidding, but we did, we did, but that's not the reason why, but yes, very embarrassing. Okay. Now, like I said, I didn't want to give any sort of indication of what this topic's going to be about. 
Um, but let me just say that you are talking to an ex fake fan. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, when I accepted Jesus into my life six years ago, I was in a place where I didn't really understand a lot of what being a Christian or being a follower of Jesus looked like. And so what I did was I thought, oh, like I'm saved, but what do I do now? Like I had no idea what my next step was. I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. I know I know that my heart changed because I just like there was a time where I was I used to party with these guys, <clears throat> which I should probably give my testimony at some point in this in this podcast. But there was a point where I was partying with these guys and then I got saved at uh this Christian camp down in Tennessee. I came back and I went over to his house and I was like, Hey man, like, you know, something in me has changed, but like and so I, I hope you understand, like, I don't really want to party with you anymore. And like, I think we could still be friends. And he's like, and he basically closed the door on me and said, like, get out of here, man. Like, I don't even know you anymore. And we haven't talked since. And that's okay, because I recognize now that he wasn't really even a really good friend at all. But so I had my heart change. I had that heart desire to want to be different, but yet I didn't know how. And so what I became was a fake fan where I I knew my new identity as a follower of Jesus and I knew that's what I wanted to do and I knew that's who I was, but my actions were something that wasn't that. Like I still did what I wanted to do um, regardless of the heart change behind it. Besides the part, the part of like uh, partying and stuff like that, I felt like that was just something I needed to let go of and I never really had a good time with anyway. But it came a point where I was doing the things that I was already doing before Jesus to where I couldn't, there wasn't any proof that I have changed other than, Hey, I'm not going to party. I'm not going to, I'm trying not to curse. I'm trying not to do this. All these things to just keep my morality good instead of like a heart change, instead of actually being the person Jesus wants me to be instead of doing what I'm called to do. And so I became a fake fan. And then I realized that this is, this carried on for years. Like I've, like I've said, I've only been safe for six years, but this was up until like maybe two years ago, maybe even a little shorter than that, where I was still doing what I wanted to do, knowing full well that what I was doing was not good, but yet I didn't care enough about sacrificing my will for his. And I just kept doing what I wanted to do. And I'm thinking about, a verse that I have right in front of me. It's James one verse two, where it says, be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And so what I do, and I think the reason why I'm talking about this isn't just to like, you know, put me in the spotlight or anything. I feel like a lot of believers and and I, I want to use air quotes lightly, but I feel like a lot of us are fake fans rather than genuine followers. And this is hard because like, you know, there's the saying, like, only God can judge my heart. But like what us, we can look at your fruit. Like believers can look at our fruit. Unbelievers can look at our fruit even and witness and see if we are genuinely living the life that we truly believe in. If we're living under the lordship of the Lord that we surrendered our life to. And it's almost to the point where we sacrifice we're we're forgetting that a part of being a follower of Jesus is sacrificing our will. And instead we're thinking that 
if we just agree with God on everything and we're not actually doing what, if we're not actually being uncomfortable, but we're being comfortable instead, then I would kind of argue that we're not really following him. We're just being comfortable. And there's a quote by this book that I'm reading right now um, from John Mark Comer, where he said, um, he says, here's how you know if you've created God in your own image. He agrees with you on everything. And so when it comes to being a fake fan, when it comes to being living this lifestyle that is con- con- uh, just different from contradicting from what Jesus has called us to live when we accept him into our lives, if we're creating God in our own image, and if he agrees with us on everything, then we're not feeling that conviction. We're not genuinely living the life of repentance and wanting to surrender our will, but instead we're trying to squeeze him into ours, if that makes sense. And so it's it's a tricky line because I don't want to point my finger at people and say, like, you're not a genuine believer because of this. But I would also argue that there's a verse that says in Second John verse uh, 1 verse 9 that says, everyone, everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. So it's like, if we're not abiding in who he is and what we're called to do and living in obedience and living with a heart that is centered towards God, then I would argue that we, we don't have him. And there, and you know what? Like, I'm not even going to like try to like paint myself in a good light. Like there have been times where I have been literally doing whatever the heck I wanted to do, knowing full well that my heart was not my heart was broken because I knew that it wasn't satisfying God. It wasn't honoring God, but yet there was a part of me that was still so focused on getting what I wanted that like that part didn't even matter. And that isn't to say that I am not a believer, but that's to say that like there needs to be a heart change and you know, like we can accept God into our life in an instant, but it takes decades and decades for our hearts to be completely aligned with his until we're in heaven with him essentially. And so it's, this is where it's, it's a tough line because, and I'm not, and I'm not going to be the one to point a finger at anybody, but I have worked with beside other believers, air quote, kind of where they would be the first people to talk about how Jesus is good and sing the worship songs at church. But outside of that, their lives would just be so different and conflicted against what they claim to say, but in their hearts and their actions are doing differently. You know, actions speak louder than words. And so I think our lives should scream change. And if we're not, then I don't know if there's a true salvation. Like I'll give you an example. There's a, Ver, uh, not a verse. There's a quote from John MacArthur, um, super wise guy. Sometimes I'm super intimidated by him, but he says this uh, quote where it says, any salvation that does not alter a lifestyle of sin and transform the heart of a sinner is not a genuine salvation. And so again, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. Just want to really be clear on that. But it's like, I think if we truly do grasp the fact that who Jesus is and what he did and what he came to accomplish. If we truly grasp those facts, then there should be a change because a heart that recognizes or a heart that accepts the full truth and the full and tries to grasp the idea of what God did for us 
then there should be a change of, oh my gosh, like I don't want to live the life that I am living because I know that Jesus died for me to have a life that is fulfilled through him. Not to say like, like to be Joel Osteen and to say like, we're supposed to live our best life now here when we accept, you know, Jesus here, but to give us new lens and to see that this life was never about us to begin with. And this life was always meant to glorify him. So I think of another verse too, of like where it says in Romans 12 verse two, like do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so when we live life as a fake fan and when we live life this way, we're ultimately, you know, we're being conformed to the world. We're doing what the world is already doing. And, you know, if like it says in that quote, like if a salvation, if a true accepting Jesus into our heart doesn't change the way that we are living, then what change is there? You know, it's almost like if we accept Jesus and say, Jesus changed my life, but don't do anything after that then like, where, where's the change? You know, it's only in our words. It's, you know, I could easily, I could do the same thing where I say, oh my gosh, I, I go to Red Robin once. I instantly love Red Robin, but as soon as I come back, like I'll never go to Red Robin again. I'll continue to go Chili's, but I'll say, I love Red Robin. I love Red Robin, but I never go there and I never experience it again or like choose to eat there. There's no genuine heart for Red Robin. It's just words at that point. It's just empty words. And it's like, we can speak as loud as we want about Jesus. And we can, you know, we could put Christian in our bio. But I think what God does isn't, he doesn't want us to just put Christian as our label. But I think he wants to put Jesus as our Lord. You know, a Lord is someone or something that that has power, um, some authority, influence, Uh, such as like a master or ruler. And one can easily say that they follow Jesus with their mouth, but their hearts and the actions speak otherwise. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes we can make to an unbeliever is saying that our lives are different while living the same way with or without Jesus. And it's hard because if an unbeliever looks at us and, and, and doesn't recognize the change that Jesus has done in our lives, then I don't think they'll recognize who we follow. I think if we're the same person that we were before Jesus, then I don't think we've changed. And I think we've become a fake fan at that point. And I'll just be super honest about some stuff. There was a point where like I was doing that. And like I've mentioned it a little bit, but I, I haven't gotten the whole grasp or the whole grasp of it or haven't shared the full extent. But there was a point where like I was, you know, I, I posted pictures on Instagram, Bible verses. Like I, I served in the church. I was doing X, Y, and Z. I was doing this, but in all honesty, like those were good works on the outside, but my heart was so different. In all honesty, my heart wanted to look at porn. My heart wanted to download Tinder and match with girls and you know, make out with them at night and hook up with them and do stupid things and things that were so immature and weren't honoring to God. I cursed over text. Like, it's so stupid to say that, but like, like my heart wasn't in it. My heart, like my words were like, 
my exterior wanted to prove that I'm a believer of Jesus by the way that I'm living, but my secret lifestyle was not living that way at all for him. And like, I'm sure if you're listening, you can think of like people you went to high school who are like, you know, I believe in Jesus. Like I'm a Christian, but like you, you check them out on like a Friday, Saturday night at a party and they're just wasted and gone. Like there's no change, you know, like, and I don't think we should treat Jesus as a get out, get out of jail free card. I think Jesus, Jesus is forgiving grace should set us free from that jail. You know, and when we go back to our old lifestyle and when we choose these things that we know don't satisfy us, we're ultimately running back to the chains that we were set, that we were captive in. We keep choosing the chains. But that's where like the grace comes in. And when we accept him into our life and when we, and again, it's not, everything is going to instantly click the second we accept him into our lives. Like that takes time. Like we can get saved in an instant, but it takes years and years for us to be truly changed. And it took me six years to be finally where I'm at now to the point where I'm like, I'm still learning, but at least I know that I'm responsible for my sin and that Jesus didn't die for me to just continue sinning. Like we're always going to sin, but it's to the point where I'm not actively pursuing my sin over him, if that makes sense. And so there's a, and, and, and how do we discern what it is like, and how, how can unbelievers actually legit look at us and say, wow, he's like a genuine believer and it's by our fruit. And I've, I think I've quoted this so many times in this podcast, but fruit of the spirit is love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. All these things will represent and will show our heart change will show that we've accepted Jesus by the way that we love people, by the way that we're filled with joy, the way that we can have peace during hard times, the way that we can be patient with people who kind of annoy us, the way we're kind to people who are rude, the way that we can be good in bad situations, the way we can be faithful to our people. Those are instances where people can look and say, Hey, there's something different about him. You know, there's something different about her. He's like, but if we're still partying, if we're still doing the things that we used to do before Jesus, I would argue there isn't a change there. But it's not too late. You know, like the whole point of this podcast is to encourage and it's not too late for us to recognize where we're at fault. You know, if we want to be followers of Jesus, we need to surrender what we want for what he says is fulfilling and complete and joyful and the law it it and it sounds it sounds like it's a it's nothing but rules but it's called the law of freedom the law of liberty as it says in James i believe where it's like if we follow the law if we if we recognize that like god's ways are so much higher than our own then we can recognize that our ways are so much lesser than we think <laughs> you know there's so much freedom found in abiding in him and living in obedience, not to the point where we're just rules, 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 but to say like, no, like I've found a better way to live. And that's kind of been the whole thing. That's kind of been this whole, if you're an unbeliever listening to this and if you are, then awesome. Like I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just trying to let you know that you're invited. 
you know, this life is not one that is going to be easy, but it's something that is so, so rewarding. Like I have found a new hope. My hope before, before I met Jesus was I hope that things get better eventually and things will be okay. But like, I never really knew that until I experienced Jesus who says, I will come back for you. I, I, (laughs) I love you. Like you have a hope. You have a hope in me. You have eternity in front of you because you accepted me. You get to be in inter- with, you are a guaranteed, you are guaranteed to be in eternity with me forever. Plain and simple. And if we're not, then our eternity is in hell. If we don't accept Jesus, our eternity is in hell. And that's not because he's a bad God. It's just because he's just. And it can seem unfair. But God is so gracious and compassionate and just to the point where he says, I want as many people as I can to get in heaven with me. Like I, like our goal should be to make heaven crowded. Man, I just got off a huge tangent. But anyway, (laughs) um, fake fans. I don't want to be a fake fan. And I think what we want to be is genuine followers. You know, and some, I'm just going to say one more thing. Some of us are just too quick to look at our faith only and to see like our words and other people just look at works only like, however, it's, it's works that come as a result of faith. Therefore the two are supposed to be intertwined as one. And so we can look at works as the only means of, being a believer, but that's genuinely not it. You know, our works are a result of the faith that we believe in. You know, if man, this, I freaking love the red Robin illustration, <laughs> but like if we tasted how good red Robin is, <laughs> I can't get through this without laughing, but it's true. If we tasted how good red Robin is that we, we should want to endorse it we should want to get t-shirts and we should hold those stupid balloons that they give the kids there and we should talk about it so much but yet i think what we become is if we only think about what it tastes like and what fake fans do is we say we've tasted it but we haven't we've only gotten an appetizer of it Man, that was the silliest illustration I've ever freaking given. But (laughs) that's my hashtag youth pastor coming out, Um, which I'm not yet, by the way. But, But it's true, guys. Like what our hearts should be doing is longing for what he wants. And that will show how to love the world. Because if we're living like them, then we're not living changed. We're living just like them. And not to like point it and say them, 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 but like to say, like, if they are looking for an answer to what in the world they're supposed to be doing here and what are they going to do after they die, they aren't going to find it if we're acting just like them because they won't know. They won't know the truth. And my encouragement is that we would be the truth and we would be the change and that our lives would not look like theirs. And not to say that their lives are bad. But their lives are definitely not going to heaven. Like plain and simple. Like we can be good. Like we can say that people are good people. But at the end, everyone is wicked. We all fall short of the glory of God.
But yet God is so good that he says, you can come with me. Like you can be at home with me forever. And there's room. There's plenty of room. Think of like, and that's another thing. Think of all the people who have passed before us that like heaven is crowded to think that God would still think of us as like, you know, part of it. And to give us a seat up there is bonkers to me. <laughs> like there's so many people up there and he's still like, no, I, I want you though. Like I have room and I have enough room for you. So I think that should be our heart this week is to remember that our lives are not our own and that they are used to glorify him. So a couple of takeaways, actions speak louder than words. So our lives should scream change. Jesus's forgiving grace is not a get out of jail free card and we are made new and therefore we are to be new, not to act new, not to look on the surface like we're new and not for our words to sound so holy and to sound new, but to live new, to live new because he made us new. So that's it. Don't be a fake fan. Be a genuine follower. Okay. Challenge of the week. This one's going to sound like last week was silly by hugging yourself. Um, I think, I don't think this one is as silly, but still a little, it's still, it honestly, no, it's not silly. It's fun. And we're going to do it because it's a challenge of the week. And I challenge you to do it. Think of your favorite song right now. I know some of you are probably thinking of party in the USA and that's okay. Cause so am I, but let's take that song freaking full blast it in our car and just scream the word, scream it. Like you're at a, a, a wedding reception, scream it. Like it's your last song that you'll ever sing. Like screaming these words will make our heart happy. And it doesn't have to be just a worship song. It could be a song. Like my song is Mr. Brightside. Let's be real. So just scream those lyrics, scream them loud. Like, like no one else is listening and it'll just make your heart happy. Like you'll just feel like, Oh my gosh, like I just feel happy. Like I just feel good. Like the fact that after I, I, after I stop this recording, I am just going to scream Mr. Brightside uh, in my room without any, with, I don't care if people listen, honestly, but the fa- it'll just make your heart happy. So I would just encourage you guys like do something like it doesn't even have to, you don't even have to sing your favorite song in the car. Just do something that makes your heart happy. That makes you smile on the outside. Cause sometimes it takes doing something stupid for us to laugh at ourselves and be like, Oh my gosh. All right. That's kind of funny. I'm kind of, all right. I'm kind of in a good mood now. So that would be my challenge of the week for you guys. Remember, like I said, don't be a fake fan, be a genuine follower. We'll see you guys next time.